I was in the show. I was in the show for 21 days once. Best 21 days of my life. You know, you never handle your luggage in the show. Everyone else carries your bags. It's great. You hit white balls for batting practice. Ballparks are like cathedrals. The hotels all have room service and the women all have long legs and brains. Welcome to episode 3 of the Cinematic Mick Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew McConville, also known as Mick. And anyone that knows me knows that I'm a huge baseball fan. It is quite possibly my favorite sport. Now with that being said, I want to talk about a film that is perhaps one of the best baseball films ever made. Now, later on down the cinematic road, we'll get to other great baseball films such as The Natural, Eight Men Out, and Major League. The original Major League, none of those piece of shit sequels that they cranked out. But today I'm talking about a movie that came out around a time when ball players still knew how to party. A time when there was almost no need for roids and an HGH or deer antler spray and all that other shit. Just booze blowing hookers. That's right, I'm talking about Bull Durham. Now, I want to make it very clear that while there is some booze and quite a bit of sex in this film, there's no blow and certainly no hookers. Now, however, the film does involve a great story about the often forgotten American treasure that is minor league baseball, and not to mention two amazing monologues, the first of which you heard at the very beginning of this podcast. Bull Durham stars Kevin Costner as Crash Davis, Susan Sarandon as Annie Savoy, and Tim Robbins as Evie Calvin Nuke Lelouch. It was written and directed for the screen by Ron Shelton, released on June 15, 1988, had a budget of about $7 million, raked in a little over $5 million on its opening weekend, grossed a little under $51 million overall. As far as accomplishments, it was, no, it was nominated for an Oscar for Best Screenplay Written for the Screen. Now, Bull Durham, at least in my opinion, revolves around two of the greatest pastimes, baseball and sex. Annie Savoy is a Durham resident who every season finds one player on the Durham Bulls roster to have a sexual relationship with. Abby Calvin Nuke Lelouch is a young, immature pitcher who is described with having a million-dollar arm and a five-cent head. Crash Davis is a veteran catcher who has pretty much been all over the minor leagues. Crash is brought in to help mature young Nuke in hopes to get him ready for the majors, and not just with his pitching but also with other matters such as Handling himself when he's had a shitty day on the mound, handling the press, giving interviews, and all that business. Annie finds herself in a situation of having to choose between Nuke and Crash. Crash eliminates himself from this scenario by stating, after 12 years in the minors, I don't try out. So with that, the decision is pretty much made for her through the process of elimination. The film continues as you see Nuke being mentored in a in a way by both Annie and Crash. Annie mentors with her extensive literary and spiritual knowledge. I mean, come on, at one point she tries to tell Nuke to breathe through his eyelids like lava lizards on the Galapagos Islands, while also quoting poetic giants such as Walt Whitman and William Blake. Crash basically mentors Nuke with his general knowledge of the game, along with his years of experience. The Durham Bulls go on an impressive winning streak, and become tied for first place. This becomes a bit of a problem for Annie, as Nuke abstains from sleeping with her out of fear that it will jeopardize the team's winning streak. Now, this is kind of influenced in a way by Crash, who may be doing a little cock-blocking here, I'm not sure. Leave that to you to decide. 
He explains that the streak has got to be respected because they don't happen very often. This leads to a confrontation between Annie and Crash where she discovers and admits that she actually wants him. The Durham Bulls eventually lose. Nuke goes straight to Annie to make up for a lot of lost time only to be told that he's being called up to the show. Crash is then released from his contract and finishes up his career with a different organization. Coincidentally, Annie has decided to retire as well, from boys, not baseball. The film ends with Annie and Crash dancing with each other in a candlelit living room and a close-up, for some reason, of what I assume to be some sort of homage to late Yankee catcher Thurman Munson. Now at this point, I talk about my favorite or most notable scenes from this film. Now I picked five. So the first one would be the, uh, the rainout scene. Basically, in this scene, uh, the, the Bulls are on a road trip, and they pull up in front of their hotel. One, and it's uh, Crash, Nuke, and several other players. One of them mentioned something about how what they need is a rainout. Crash says to him, he says, well, I can get us a rainout. One of the other players responds with, what are you talking about? There hasn't been a cloud in the sky in weeks. You next see them pull up to the opposing team's ballpark. It's the middle of the night. Clearly they've been drinking. They've been partying. They sneak onto the field. Crash turns on the sprinkler system and just floods the entire field. Then he runs out and just takes a slide right in a second. And all the other players follow suit. Now the reason why I like this scene so much is because it's really quite simple. All the guys in this scene just look like they're having a freaking blast. I mean, that's it. That's pretty much it. They look like they're just out there having fun. Whether that was originally in the script or not, I have to assume it was. Who wouldn't want to jump at the chance and be like, you know what, we're filming a movie and we get to run around like idiots and slide in, around in the, in the mud, basically, on this, drenched, on this drenched baseball field. So that was that one. The next scene would be Crash Davis's, uh, not the next scene in the movie, but my next favorite scene. Pretty much, I think I pretty much cleared that up earlier, but I wanted to really make sure. So the next scene I'm talking about is Crash's first at-bat with the Durham Bulls. He's getting ready to step up in the batter's box. He calls for the bat boy. He wants the pine tar rag. The kid hands it to him. And then the bat boy looks at him and says, get a hit, Crash. Crash pauses for a second, looks at the boy and says, shut up. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, uh, but rumor has it that the boy that played the Bat Boy actually cried later on after being told to shut up by Kevin Costner. Uh, that part is, I don't know why I'm laughing because it's really not funny, but this is over 30 years ago, so I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty sure he's over it. Next thing I wanted to talk about would be where Crash uh, finds Nuke by himself in the corner of the locker room putting on a pair of Annie Savoy's garters. Annie Savoy gave him a pair of her garters to take with him on the road because she is convinced it'll help him pitch better. He is hesitant to wear them uh, for obvious reasons until finally one day he says, screw it, he's got, he must say he's got nothing left to lose, and he's trying to put them on. Crash finds him trying to put this stuff on, gives him a little smack on the ass and says, oh, that's hot. Yeah, that is really hot. And, of course, he's just giving him a hard time. 
Nuke explains that Annie gave him the garters because he feels that, you know, or she says that it'll make him pitch better. And Crash says, well, Annie's a very smart woman. Before Crash walks away, he stops, turns the garters so that they're being worn correctly, and he says, the rose goes in the front. It's a great scene. The next one is where Nuke is pitching freaking beautifully. And he's currently throwing a two-hit shutout. And Crash calls for a fastball, which is Nuke's signature pitch. Obviously, with a name like Nuke, he's known for throwing heat. Nuke, of course, shakes off Crash's signal, and he's convinced he wants to throw a curveball. Crash signals for the heat again. Nuke shakes him off again. Crash goes out to the mound, and he finally just says, you know what, throw whatever you want. Crash goes back to the home plate, looks at the opposing batter, and says, he's throwing a two-hit shutout, and he's shaking me off. Charlie, here comes the deuce. And when you speak of me, speak well. Nuke then throws a curveball. The batter freaking crushes it, sends it right over the right field wall. And that is that. Nuke goes out to the mound, or excuse me, Crash goes out to the mound. And Nuke says, man, he teed off on that like he knew I was going to throw it. Crash looks at him and said, he did know. Because I told him. So, I don't know. I hope something like that isn't really common, but you never know. Now, the last scene I wanted to talk about is probably my favorite scene of the whole film. And it's when Crash and Nuke first meet. And they actually kind of get into a fight over Annie. They step outside. Crash looks at him and says, look, I don't believe in fighting. Nuke says, well, you know, I don't, he says, I don't really give a shit. We're doing this. Crash takes a baseball out of his pocket, tosses it to Nuke and says, I want you to take that ball and I want you to whip it as hard as you can. Hit me right in the chest. Nuke and all the others laugh and say, what are you kidding? He says, I'll kill you. He says, no, I don't think you will. He says, because from what I hear, you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a fucking boat. Uh, Now Nuke is starting to get a little, uh, he's starting to get a little pissed off at him saying that because he's had a little bit of problem with control. So Crash knows that he's got him. He tells him, he says, come on, meat. You're not going to hit me because you're already thinking about it already. He's like, let's see that million-dollar arm, because I got a pretty good idea about that five-cent head of yours. Nuke, out of anger, throws the ball, misses him by a mile, and it goes through the glass window uh, to to the bar that they just walked out of. Nuke then, of course, charges at Crash. Crash drops him with a left hand right to the eye and looks at him and says, Rule number one, don't think. It'll only hurt the ball club. By the way, I'm Crash Davis. I'm your new catcher. He helps them up, they go inside, they have a drink, and I, I guess they, they become friends. So that pretty much wraps up the portion um, of the, my favorite and notable scenes from this film. Now, I'm going to go ahead and go to the portion where the part of the podcast where I talk about a few things that you may or may not know about Bull Durham. Now, I only picked a handful of these. There was a huge list um, there pretty much always is with every film. I only picked up, picked about four of these, mainly because I would just be droning on and on, and don't nobody want to hear that. Uh, let's see, first one, the studio actually wanted Anthony Michael Hall 
to play the part of Evie Calvin, Nuke Lelouch. Um, if you don't know who Anthony Michael Hall is, if you've seen Breakfast Club, he played um, he played the geek Brian. He was uh, what was his name? Farmer Ted and Sixteen Candles, and uh, he was in Weird Science. It's like three John Hughes movies that he's got to his credit. So technically, yeah, he was a part of the Brad Pack back in the day. That is Anthony Michael Hall. And nothing against Anthony Michael Hall. I'm really, really glad the part did not go to him. Apparently, director Ron Shelton threatened to quit if they didn't stop busting his balls over casting Tim Robbins. He wanted Tim Robbins for the role, and he got Tim Robbins for the role. Uh, Second fact, apparently, and this one is a personal, probably a personal favorite of mine, Tommy Tommy Lasorda, former L.A. Dodgers uh, manager, baseball legend, Tommy Lasorda said the phrase, I hear you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a fucking boat. He said this in 1984. This was in reference to a weak-hitting San Diego Padres infielder, Kurt Bavacqua. And because this was a former Dodgers manager ripping on a member of the Padres, I'm all for it. Uh, Let's see here. Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins, who were a real-life couple at the time, have stated that this film is their personal favorite out of all the films that they've made. And finally... The rainout scene was actually based was based on an actual event. Writer director Ron Shelton used to play minor league ball in the late 60s. Himself, some teammates, and some players from the Amarillo Club. They were in Amarillo, Texas, obviously. They were partying the night before the season-ending game. They decided to start the sprinkler system, flood the field, and ensure a rainout. Now I'm doing a podcast, so you can't see me do the actual air quotes. And yes, I know it's kind of lame to do the air quotes, but I'm doing them anyway. The Amarillo team owner rented a helicopter, dried the field, and the game was played as scheduled. All right, well, uh, here comes my least favorite part of this podcast. It is a part where I entitle it, That's a Wrap, Folks. Um, It's the part where I wrap up this podcast. First of all, I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you have any suggestions or comments, Please email them to me at thecinematicmick at gmail.com. Before I go, um, before I wrap up this podcast, I want to leave with these parting words. And I want to leave with the best monologue from this film and one of my favorite monologues of all time. I believe in the soul. The cock, the pussy, the small of a woman's back, the hanging curveball, high fiber, good scotch, that the novels of Susan Sontag are self-indulging, overrated crap. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. I believe in the sweet spot, softcore pornography, opening your presents Christmas morning rather than Christmas Eve, and I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last three days. Good night.